Welcome to Bros in Blue, the New York City FC podcast with at least two listeners. This is Joe in Brooklyn, New York. That is Charlie in Somerville, Massachusetts. Charlie, what's up? Not much. It's been a while. Can I just say that when you count down to the start of our recording, it's it's never very helpful because th- this is how you count down. You go three, two, one, go. You know, the, the whole idea is that there's a, a tempo to it, you know, so it should be a steady rhythm. Three, two, one, go. That's how you should do it. So just a, you know, a little constructive criticism there for uh, for next time. Yeah, very inside baseball, but uh, okay, yeah, I'll... I'll note that. I think I I lag because I'm I'm trying to find the button myself. Right. I figured. I figured. So yeah. that's my. I mean, problem. you used to play an instrument too, so you know it's not like you you were never musically inclined or couldn't keep a beat or anything. But um, yeah. Anyway, things things are going well over here. How are things going in Brooklyn? Well, it's August eighteenth. It's about. Uh, 150 degrees Fahrenheit in Brooklyn, and the humidity is 120%, but it's not raining. Um, And anything that you put on the sidewalk starts to smell like the foulest (laughs) garbage in the world within about two hours in these conditions. I I gotta say, you you could take a freshly bathed baby and put it out there. And, and that baby would start smelling. You could take a bottle of perfume and put it on the sidewalk and it would smell like <laughs> landfill garbage in an hour. So that's kind of what it's like. And nothing moves, you know, nothing, no air is moving anywhere. Everything's just kind of sitting where it is. Mm-hmm. So that, that stench of whatever is sitting on the sidewalk, that pile of garbage bags or whatever, like that, that, those air molecules have been sitting there getting that smell on them for the last week, just sitting right there until you walk through them. Yeah, I, I got to say that the no wind plus the humidity is really an issue because you just sweat and there's no breeze to evaporate your sweat. You just kind of sit in a pool of your own sweat. It's just, it's gross. I, I went for a run yesterday and uh, it was rather miserable. I got to say, um, you know, there's like that awkward phase in a run where you have really embarrassing sweat stains. This was well past that. My entire shirt and shorts were completely drenched. So I kind of, you know, it wasn't embarrassing anymore. Everyone just thought I was wearing a darker color. That's, you know, but people don't judge you when you're, I mean, the other thing is in the summer, in at least in Brooklyn, for sure. Nobody really wears any clothes, and especially not people working out. It's like, yeah. it's really back to, it's rewinding the clock 20,000 years. Nobody nobody judges if you're sweating. I think I need to wear less clothes. I think that's the answer. I think you're right about that, Joe. Anyway, uh, well, what's Charlie, this podcast yeah, about? You, I don't should even we remember. talk about some soccer? <laughs> yeah. I think it's about soccer. Why don't we, why don't we just recap for a couple seconds where where we are here. So NYCFC currently sits on 24 matches played at 41 points, which is good for third in the East. But the way that MLS works, there's so much, there's such a difference in matches played that the table can lie, uh, really can lie. So right now, Eastern leaders, Philadelphia have 27 matches played. They're on 45 points. So we're we're four points back off of first place in the East, but on the other hand, we have three games in hand versus Philadelphia. So 
really we're, we're better than Philly right now. Um, and then in second place is Atlanta United, uh, which NYCFC just a went, went away to Atlanta and lost 2-1. Um, they have 25 matches played, so we have one game on Atlanta, and Atlanta's at 42 points. Yeah, just, so just the way to summarize it, all of that, I mean, NYCFC has the best points per game ratio in the East. Just by a little bit, we're just pipping it above Philly and, and Atlanta, right? Right. Now, Charlie, I got... Claire is buzzing with the doorbell, so hold on a second. I'm I'm gonna leave. You could we can either run the podcast through this time if you wanna. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll fill in. I'll fill in. This is the door. Yeah, no edits. Okay. No edits. All right. Hold on a second. Rules, I'll be so. back. Yeah. So, um, it has been a bit of a, a a strange season in the East, especially compared to last year when the best teams in MLS were were pretty clearly um, from the East. Atlanta's has had a really slow start to the season with a new manager, Frank DeBoer, um, after Tata Martino left the champions um, from last year to go coach Mexico's national team. Um, so there is, there's a bit of a, a power vacuum in the, at the top in the East. Um, and the Red Bulls are also kind of having a, a rebuilding year. It seems um, right now they're in fifth. Um, so they're doing fine. Um, but there's just kind of a scramble for the, the top six, uh, actually seven places. Um, top seven teams make the playoffs uh, this year. Um, so it's looking like NYCFC is, is on pace to definitely make the playoffs. The question is, can they clinch that automatic, uh, the buy, um, by getting first place? Um, and previous seasons, the first two teams um, get a buy in the first round, but this year it's just the the top team. Um, so I don't know. It's looking like actually Charlie, I'm back. Great, great. I was I was starting to to fill there, um, but I, I was just saying it's it's been kind of a strange season for a lot of these teams. Um, you know, Atlanta and NYCFC started the seasons very slowly and have kind of picked it up. Um, Atlanta is, has accelerated a lot. I think they've been climbing the power rankings and they're starting to look as scary as they were last year. And it actually kind of made me wonder, because the playoffs are all that really matter in MLS, is there actually an advantage to kind of stinking it up at the beginning of the season? you know, not actually taking a preseason seriously and, and kind of pretending the first few games of your season in MLS are the preseason. I mean, in Europe, everyone always complains about how long the season is and how, uh, you know, teams that press or, or teams that um, ask a lot physically, they tend to perform worse towards the end of the season. And therefore, in knockout competitions like the Champions League, they don't always do as well. Um, so I wonder if there's actually a benefit to kind of taking your foot off the gas a little bit um, at the beginning of the season. I'm not really saying that Atlanta United did that intentionally or NYCFC, but I don't know. I kind of wonder if there's something to it. I, I don't think so. I mean, the first round buy is valuable enough and you can't count on being disorganized for a portion of the season and then, and then suddenly being able to, to whip it into shape for, the playoffs like nycfc tried to do that a couple years when via was injured for a lot of the season uh and we were hopeful that when he came back the team would be a lot better in the playoffs and we just weren't so i think you gotta well you gotta use every opportunity of the regular season to to get playoff ready sure and i think i, I but, but i guess i'm saying that the momentum is more important you know you want to be getting better throughout the season 
as opposed to stagnating. And I mean, I just think with NYCFC, some of the previous seasons when we've made it to the playoffs, we've actually, you know, we hit the the peak of our season is kind of halfway through the regular season where we've been uh, top of the league. Um, and then, it, you know, we kind of crawled to the finish. And then when the playoffs come around, it never really felt like we had the momentum or the confidence that we did earlier in the season. Um, I don't know. Just something I've been thinking about. Well, sh- should we re- should we kind of recap where where the team has been since we last did a podcast? Because we we last talked, it must have been two two and a half or three months ago, and uh, the t- the team had started very poorly, as we've just been discussing. I think both of us agreed that we wanted Dome Tarant to be fired. I definitely and did. Then, I think you were on the fence. I definitely. I, I, I did. Yeah. And and then basically as soon as we as soon as we recorded that podcast, the team went on like a fourteen game unbeaten streak, signed a bear, um, and uh, jumped jumped all the way up the rankings. I remember I remember last podcast having a a gentleman's bet between us as to where the club would be in the standings when we did the next podcast, and that was in part a bet on how long it would take <laughs> us to do another episode which is very difficult to predict, but also a bet on the team's performance. And I think I had them in seventh place. And so to be all the way up in third with um, with a very good shot at, at winning winning the East feels, um, it feels really good. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a, a great uh, run of form. Um, Maxi Morales is tied for the most assists uh, in the league. Um, I think he now has the most, Charlie. Oh, after last as night? of last night, because he had he had at least one in last night's four-one uh, win against Cincinnati. Nice. Okay. Um, I wanted to see how many goals. Do you know how many goals Ebert has? Yeah. Let's. So this uh, NYCFC this season was never going to have a player who was like top of the league for goals scored, just because. The attack has a bunch of equal forces, but both uh, Castellanos and Eber have been having great, really productive seasons. Yeah, Eber is on 12 goals, having started the season late, and uh, Castellanos is on nine goals. And it, you know, it should, should be said that Castellanos, he was an NYCFC player previously, but he never really got much playing time. Um, Ebert is new this season, and so is um, Alexandru Mitritza, who is a, a left winger. He's been playing left wing for us. So the, there were kind of basically three new attackers um, to come in, in Castellanos, Ebert, and Mitritza. And two of them have really exceeded expectations, um, especially Castellanos, I would say. I mean, Ebert is having a great season, but Castellanos looks like a decent player. I mean, he really, he's out there... Um, you know he's he's really giving it as all uh, every week. He's a bit of a whiner and a flopper, um, but he's definitely trying really hard. And he's scoring you know headers and kind of scrappier goals, some some great goals, some breakaways. Um, I don't know, just he, he he really has a nice shot from outside the box too. He scored he scored one uh, last night against Cincinnati, just curling it in from outside the box. He he can be a threat from anywhere, um, which is. Which is nice. From the beginning, you have remarked on, and we've discussed how Tati has like a temper, and like he 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 can flop around. Uh, he's got a neck tattoo. Um, 
I think I think all that stuff you kind of need that though. You you got to be kind of crazy to really try hard and push yourself when you're at the level of a mid-tier player in MLS to be devoting your entire career to 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 this game in a league that's that's not um an elite league and to be making less money than than you probably would have if you if you just went to college and like became a professional um you got to be kind of insane and i think part of, i think part of that craziness is what is what is propelling him to to train hard and and sometimes try things other players wouldn't try sure but i like Andrews, i like ring and uh, he, he tries his hardest, and he does. He's not a flopper. You'd never accuse him of that. But yeah, that's true. But um, no, I, I understand what you're saying. Anyway, suffice it to say that it's it's been a fantastic season since we had our last podcast. Maybe that's why we were putting it off. A little bit of superstition. Um, yeah, I mean, just to get back to Abair for a second, I'm looking at the stats now. So he's fifth in the league for goals scored, but he's he's scoring 0.85 goals per 90 minutes. Which basically that puts him fourth or fifth in the league uh, for among players who have played comparable amounts of minutes. He's fourth in the league behind Vela at one point zero one goals per ninety minutes, which is ridiculous. Probably the MVP candidate right now. I, I think uh, yeah. Zlatan at Zlatan at point nine five, and Joseph Martinez last year's MVP at 0.92 and then a bears at 0.85. So th- this is in, this is an excellent season um, f- for him. And he, given that he did start late, as you mentioned, he could finish the season like third or fourth or something in goal scored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Charlie, I, the only other, so James Sands was injured again last night. I don't know if you saw that. He broke his collarbone. He broke his arm against no, Cincy earlier on. Oh. And now last night he broke his collarbone. So he's going to be out for some time. Um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll we wrap up our discussion of NYC FC with, uh, with this. Um, you know, name, name your, your one, um, the top area for improvement that you see for the team or like weakness of the team and then uh maybe unsung hero or or po- you know po- positive about the team that people that people in the press haven't focused on so wh- two two topics go sure okay so area to improve man i gotta say uh i think Macharita is having a, a another disappointing season um i don't think he he's not bad he hasn't been bad it's just Actually, this season, I think he has been bad. But previously, he hasn't been bad. It's just that our expectations have been so high. Um, but this season, I think he's, he's been objectively bad. Um, I don't think he, he... He's not fantastic going forward. I think he's okay. It's more his defensive um, side of the game that, that has not... Has been conceding goals somewhat directly um, that I've been seeing. Um, and for whatever reason... Um, Sorry, I can't remember his name right now. Who's who's his potential replacement? Ben Sweat. Um, ben Sweat has also been a little bit disappointing. I think uh, going forward, he lacks a lot of the things that Macharita has. Well, he, he he's just he's a limited he's a very limited player. Yeah. So I think that uh, left back is is a gaping hole uh, in our lineup right now. I I think 
I, I think I would argue that by far that's our weakest position, um, which is something I, I really didn't think I would say a couple of years ago, um, you know, because we really expected Monterey to come to come in. What, what do you think before I answer the unsung hero? Well, let me let me I'll give you some time because I'll talk about um, biggest weakness. I uh, I was going to say left back too. Uh, you know, that Madrid got pulled halfway through the Red Bulls game, um, by Tarrant. Uh, and now with James Sands injured, Sands was replaced by Ben Sweat last night. So if, if Sweat is going to be getting more playing time at the left side center back, then that basically makes Madrid a lock at left back. And I agree with you. It's, it's by far the, the weakest position on the team, um, but given that you that you covered that already, I think I'll I'll just say that that the team's other weakness is the front office has done an excellent job at signing uh, kind of seventy fifth percentile quality MLS players, like players who are very solid players who came cheap, and the club had to do a decent amount of scouting to identify them in European or South American leagues. Um, but like our our DP situation has been a disaster from the inception of the club the only <laughs> the only really the only yeah. dp that we've ever had who's lived up to the the amount of money that we paid that player and the hype has been um has been via you don't think morales there have been there have been oh I, i'm sorry Mor- morales of course of course via via and morales yeah uh, yeah and, and 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 beyond behind that too it's it's a huge gap because behind them is pirlo Lampard and uh, and Medina. I mean, Me- Medina just makes DPs. you makes you cry a little bit, really. Yeah, Medina can't get even get into the team right now, and that's with that's even with um, Dejuri Shradi injured. Right. Uh, you know, Gary McKay Stevens, who we signed half halfway through this season, looks a lot more promising and dangerous than than Medina. So, I, I think that would be the disappointment. Like this team. In the East, it feels like it feels like a race between Atlanta and NYC, and even though we the game final score the final score in Atlanta was one two, that was a game that Atlanta dominated. Uh, feels like Atlanta is still just better than us. I, I think we can beat them in the playoffs if we play an unbelievable unbelievable two leg series, but we could really use a player um, amongst our DPs, one other really DP caliber player. And there have there have been some rumors in the press lately, Charlie, of Dries Mertens, the um, nice. the Belgian uh, the Belgian winger slash striker, being linked with the club. That would be a a, a club changing signing. That would be an unbelievable signing. So it wouldn't happen until the off season, but fingers crossed because that's a weakness that I see. That would be that would and, be great. Uh, yeah, you're right. Unsung hero, Charlie. Um, gosh. I, I had all that time to think about it, but I, I was enjoying what you were saying. I, you know, I'm just gonna go with Anton Tinnerholm. I know that he's talked about a fair amount, and it, it's no, it's no secret that he's uh, a bit of a, a club hero. But man, he really is just a, he's a fantastic player. He is very passionate. Um, I love it when he attacks, but he can also defend, um, and he's just got a bit of a, a working man working class hero sort of vibe about him. Um, and I just, I just, 
I think it's fantastic. There's never a question about who's playing right back and if he's going to turn up and, and put in a good performance. He's, he's our James Milner, um, is, is what I think. So yeah, I, he, I, he's been a great signing. It, yeah. it makes sense you would pick somebody on defense. I mean, I think each of him, Cheneau, um, Collins, and Sands have played excellent when they've played. And this team has the fewest goals allowed in the East right now. Yeah, uh, behind Atlanta. So Atlanta's at 30 goals allowed. We're at 32, and Atlanta's played one more game than us. So it it looks it looks like you know, this is one of the um, the top defenses in the East, and Anton is a part of that. I, I think some other you know uh, Keaton Parks. Um, is it, that's his first name, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, Keaton Parks. That that was my that was going to be my yeah pick. yeah. Go ahead. You, no, you Parks, talk about it, yeah. he, he was signed from from Benfica B team over the summer, an American player that um, that like only the nerdiest followers of followers of the U.S. national team had he even kept track of his name. Um, and he couldn't he also couldn't get into the team in the beginning of the season. And this maybe this points to the value of cup of cups. Um Parks started in our first U.S. Open Cup game and obviously made an impression. He had a great game, was maybe man of the match. Uh, I think he scored, sc- he scored at least one goal and um, and was doing doing everything offensively. Uh, and Tehran noticed that, uh, and with with uh, some of our wingers having injury issues, that opened up room for um, for Parks to get more playing time. And every time he's played, I think he's he's done. A great job. He knows how to shield the ball well. He knows how to like look off defenders and fool defenders with his body, and then pass opposite yeah. direction. Yeah. And he's he's a big um, he's a big pass and move guy. Like he really he's not afraid to make an incisive pass, short pass in the middle of the field, and he always looks for a return ball, uh, and and that really sets him apart. Um, so I, I think, I think he, he actually on, on the balance of his play over the past 10, 15 games since he got in the team, he deserves to be a starter in there in center midfield with, um, with ring. I think he's our second best, uh, our second best center midfielder. If you consider Maxi to be, um, to be like a, a, a false nine or, or a attacking center mid. Yeah. He, Keaton Parks also has a nice side foot finish that he takes sometimes from outside the box and he's pretty good at keeping it on frame he doesn't try to overpower it you know it's kind of a like a Jordan Henderson or a I don't know that kind of side-footed finish that just kind of arrows into the top corner he's got that in his locker so I think he could end up with more goals um, than we've seen so far but he's he's doing very well I agree Um, all right well I guess Joe last time we both thought Toronto should be fired uh, I'm guessing we disagree with that this time. How do you think he's doing? Yeah, he, this is why we're not. We don't run the front office. But in our defense, um, I'm not sure that this is a case of of like a manager taking taking players who are not very good and and making them work in a system. Um, the, these are these are talented players. You know, this is a talented team. The, the front office, I think, deserves more credit than than uh, than Toronto for the performance for just finding some finding some excellent 
players at bargain prices who can contribute to the team. Um, but obviously when you're, when you're third in the East with a bunch of games in hand and you just had a great, you had a great unbeaten streak like that, there's no way that, that you deserve to lose your job. So I, I'm happy. Yeah. I, and I think it is important that a bear came into the team after we recorded our last podcast. I mean, that really was a huge missing piece um, at the time. Uh, so that's worked out very well and it, it, it's reflected well in Tehran. Um, so Joe, I, I have a little quiz for you. Um, Ooh. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a while. Um, can we, can we talk about one, one like rules issue first? Sure. Uh Oh, this, this handball thing, oh, no. this handball issue. Oh no. The issue of handball in professional soccer right now is completely out of control. And on this is a really bad week for it because on Thursday night in my my uh, rec league, soccer league, we had a super competitive match with uh, with a team that was better than us, but we were also playing very well. Um, we went up 1-0, then they tied. I actually scored the, the goal 1-0. Pretty much the only way I score is by poaching and being in the right place at the right time because I don't really have any skills. I can just uh, run into the box, um, so I need like a I need like a a, a rebound or like an advantageous situation. Um, but uh, the other teams tied one one, and then we went up two one, and then in the last minute of the game, Charlie, really hard fought game. Uh, a woman on our team, our right back, is defending is defending their um, their left winger, who who tries to shoot and the ball's blocked and bounces up bounces up off of our defender's foot and hits her in the arm, and the ref calls that wow. handball wow and gives that's, gives the other team that's a, a penalty yeah no in no. the la- the literally the last minute of the game no and they scored and we tied two two yeah that that's that's not how the rule works. Well, so that so that was just an example of overzealous handball handballs being called, and then of course yesterday, uh, Man City seemed to score a go-ahead goal over Tottenham in a in a really important game early in the season to go up three-two. I'm like running around, my daughter and wife are sleeping, and I'm like running around trying to celebrate but not celebrate too loud, and then I notice after the fact they took the goal away. For a handball prior to the ball coming to Jesus, who scored, that you would never even have seen in real time. Like there was no, no. Everybody was trying to figure out why the goal was even being called off, and it's because it brushed off of Laporte's arm on its way to finding it to Jesus, who then t- had to take two touches to get the ball in the net. So it's like, you know, I, I don't know what the genesis of that rule is, but the combination of VAR looking at looking at plays at slow motion and the handball handball rule changing away from from deliberateness has led to this trend of if the ball hits your hand in the box it will be called more often than not it feels like and it's a real problem yeah well I mean the problem is they they actually changed the official handball rules um I don't know over the summer or last year I forget exactly when it was but Charlie, what's the rule now? It's now unnatural position. If the ball hits your arm in an unnatural position, so I don't, at least if you're defending. I don't that's, know. That's the rule, right? I don't actually know what the official language is. 
but I know that if the ball hits your arm and your arm is not in like basically if your arms aren't at the side of your body then I think it's called um, but I'm gonna have to do some research about what the actual language is in the new laws um, there's a lot of misinformation and people like me <laughs> trying to paraphrase it incorrectly so I, I'll, I'll do some research on that I so guess. the the, the primary I, I'm not gonna be able to find the, the exact rule uh, most people after watching what happened yesterday seems to believe that seem to agree there's a problem the Premier League said about the city Tottenham drama said quote any goal scored or created with the use of the hand or arm will be disallowed this season even if it is accidental right says the Premier League so I mean does that literally mean that that if a ball glances off your arm in the box and then you play four passes and then a goal is scored I don't know they're, they're gonna call that back I don't know I and mean the rule doesn't even and, sound and clear th- this like what does created mean I have no idea I can see if you like the the concept of the the idea that deliberateness is out at a certain point kind of makes sense because if the ball if a defender is trying to clear the ball and and kicks it right into your arm and it whacks your arm and goes right into the goal I think most people would agree that's a handball like that shouldn't be a goal you shouldn't be able to just like have the have the ball come in off your arm into the goal but if it's if it's created if it's in the buildup it if if balls are accidentally hitting arms and that's being called a handball every time the idea of the goal box scramble is basically over because it you know people have arms it will happen if, if a ball is pinging around it will happen yeah maybe we should just get rid of corner kicks in general how about that i don't know joe uh well let's let's not get too too revolutionary i do think i, mean, I, I do think, think corner think kicks Charlie, are really stupid it, but what you know that's a discussion for another day maybe I think the unnatural position language is fine, and and the and VAR people maybe need to just take a slightly lighter touch, like not watching stuff in slow mo or really overturning stuff that's egregious. That's fine, but if there's going to be a separate concept of it doesn't matter where your arm is, we're just not allowing the play to stand because because you were too close to scoring a goal with your arm. If that's the concept, it really needs to be that. Either your arm like kept the ball out on the line, or you 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 hit the ball into the net with your arm. It ha- it it can't be it can't be you're going back three four touches in the play, and seeing where th- where balls accidentally hit arms. Yeah, I, I think I probably agree with you, um, but I mean, Yorente's goal last year, right? You you agree that that shouldn't have stood, or you think it should have? I'm kind of on the fence about it, to be honest with you. But that was a goal that was scored directly from the arm, but it was completely unintentional. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that should stand. I don't think you should be able to score with your arm. Right. No, it doesn't matter whether it's intentional or not. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. But I, I mean, I, but I only. I only mean if the if the arm is like the thing that actually puts the ball right. in that. Right. If 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 you get if you're an attacker and you get a ball blasted at you and it hits you in your arm and you don't have your arm in an unnatural position and then it falls to the turf and right. you like you play it in right. then that's fine I think that's fine there was there was nothing you could do and then you scored you didn't score with your arm yeah I think in, intent think is if, I, intent is good enough everywhere else I, I I think I agree with you okay 
anyway, moving on. Um, Joe, this is a quiz for you, and it's called uh, "Where Are They Now?" So we're just gonna Ooh. talk about. I'm gonna name a player. You're gonna tell me where they are now, and uh, maybe we'll go into some stats details uh, to turn into actual uh, actual questions. Oh, this is great. This is a good idea. I like this. All one. right, it it gets progressively harder. I think. So uh, Patrick Vieira. Okay, so Patrick Vieira left NYCFC to coach uh, OGC Nice in Ligue 1. Wow, you even remembered that, and, that strange acronym. Yeah. And um, I haven't heard of him being fired, and I follow him on Twitter, and he only tweets or has his ghost tweeters tweet like once a year or something. So I feel like if he was leaving, there would have been some message like thank you so i'm gonna say he's still the coach of nice in in liga in france uh yeah that's right he's the manager of nice um the their season's just starting up um joe here's your question for patrick vieira um as manager of nice he's he's managed them for 43 games and he is a 1.51 points per game average. Did he have a better or worse points per game average when he was MICFC's manager? 1.51. Oh, okay. So the MLS season is is like 42 games or something like that. Do you know how many games are in the MLS uh, season? I thought it was 38. I think it's 38. Okay, still thirty-eight, even though it's not it's not like it's not structured. I, I believe, yeah, I believe so. Games, yeah. Um. So that would be, that would be sixty something. That that would be like about sixty points, which is a which is a really good season in MLS. Um. He's he's it's going to be really close to that, but I think he was worse in MLS. That's pretty good logic. He was actually slightly better. One point five eight. As NYCFC manager. Okay. Um, here's an interesting thing. If so, Vieira was in charge of NYCFC for 90 games, and so far he's been in charge of Nice for 43 games. If he wins his next two games with Nice, he will have an exact, uh, exactly equal win, draw, loss, points per game rate um, as NYCFC. So half half the games, hmm. and he'll have exactly half as many wins, draws, and losses, um, which is pretty interesting. Um, okay, next one, Frank Lampard. I, again, these get harder uh, as we go on, but these are pretty easy so far. Frank. Okay, this Frank is Lampard. the easiest one. He he he's now the manager of Chelsea FC in the Premier League. Uh, correct. Um, and actually, he has a game going on right now. And last time I checked, uh, Chelsea was up one nil against Leicester. Um, but, uh, Joe, how, how many, what's his record so far at Chelsea? It's tied one, one now, Charlie. Oh no. Um, yeah. What's, what's his, his record at Chelsea? Yeah. Oh, well the season just started. Um, Chelsea came out and got destroyed by Man U in the first match of the season. And now they're tied. So he's he's 0 for 1. 
Yeah, and he also managed them for the Super Cup, the European Super Cup against Liverpool. Um, they drew in regular time, drew in extra time, and lost on penalties. All right, next up, David Villa. David Villa. David Villa is playing for Vissel Kobe. Wow. Uh, yeah. In Japan. Nice. Um, okay, so quiz question for David Villa. Um, Villa scored 80 goals in 126 appearances for NYCFC, which is a rate of 0.63 goals per game. Um, he has 18 appearances for Vissel Kobe. Do you think he has a better or worse goals per game average? Worse, for sure. Yeah, worse. He has 10 goals in 18 appearances, which isn't too bad. It's about uh, 0.55 goals per game. Um, yeah, I've been to Kobe. Uh, it's kind of a cool city. It's not too far from Hiroshima. Obviously, uh, they're famous for their beef. Um, and I think there was also a really bad earthquake there, you know, 20 years ago or something like that. There was a, there was a museum about an earthquake I went to there. I think it was there. Hmm. Um, anyway, I, I hope he's enjoying life in Japan. Uh, Fernando Torres. Well, I think I think he's Iniesta. in there. I think he's there in part because Iniesta. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Iniesta's and there, someone right? else, um, Podolski, or I, f- I forget who. Someone else, someone is on their team. Some other famous European legend. Okay, Jack Harrison. Jack Harrison. Okay, um, Jack Harrison went to play for for his the the, the club that he, that was the main club in the area of England where he grew up in, which is in the Championship now, and. Oh, I I want to say it's Leeds. That's correct. Yeah, I think it's Leeds. Yep. Okay. He's on loan, though. So he's still owned by Man City, and he's loaned out until uh, the end of this season. So this is his second season at Leeds. Um, at New York City, uh, he had 14 goals, 10 assists in 61 games. Um for Leeds, he's made 45 appearances, amazingly. It's quite a few. Uh, how many goals do you think he has in 45 games? Well, I know those appearances are mostly substitute appearances, and I also know he hasn't been that productive. Um, how many goals do I think he has? Yep. I, I, I think he has two goals. He has five goals and, okay. and four assists. So he's doing okay. Um, He's not too, doing too poorly. Leeds is a decent team. They almost uh, made it to the Premier League uh, via the playoffs. Of course, being coached um, by Bielsa right now, um, who's quite a character. Um, but they might get promoted. Uh, That's too bad. It would have been awesome to to see him play in the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. You know, you never know what will happen. You know, maybe Leeds will get promoted and then decide that he's one of their targets to buy. Um, or Man City will, will do something. I, it, I'm doubtful that he's ever going to be good enough to get into Man City's team, so I suspect they'll be selling him at some point. But oh, no way. Zero chance. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now we're, now we're getting into some fun ones. Some of these you're going to know. Some of them you're definitely not. Uh, Steven Mendoza. You remember him? Uh, he was. I, I liked him. He was, what, three seasons ago? Two seasons ago? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, he was a striker. We, we bought him from the Indian... Uh, league where he was top scorer. Um, what do you think he's doing these days? So I think that he is 
Panamanian or, or he's from I, I think he's from some Central American country and I think he went I think he went back there to play I so I'm gonna guess that he's playing in the Panamanian I think league. I think he's Colombian um, I'm gonna have to check on that okay but, so uh, that's that's a that's a good guess but it's incorrect this sound actually surprised me he's a left winger at Amiens in uh, in Ligue 1 in France um wow he's he has 41 appearances for them um he scored so at nycfc he scored five goals in 15 appearances which is more than i remember i remember him kind of struggling but five goals in 15 appearances at nycfc how many goals do you think he has in 41 appearances at amio oh my gosh i i have i'm gonna have no clue um I'll guess five goals. Four goals. That's close enough. Yeah, it's a good guess. Four goals, two assists. Okay, Tommy McNamara. Oh, Tommy McNamara plays for the Houston Dynamo. That's right. Um, Correct. Do you think he has a better uh, minutes per goal or assist at Houston or when he was at NYCFC? Ooh. Um... Well, he really was not – he wasn't a big box score guy at NYCFC. Um, he didn't have – he wasn't that productive. He didn't have that many goals or assists. But NYCFC is better than Houston. Um, that's always, that's always the tricky 90? part, right? It's like did the player get better or worse? But then the team they're in matters a lot too. So, Sorry. It, it, you mean per 90? Uh, like minutes, his stats minutes, per 90? Minutes per goal or assist. Um. Oh, okay. I I think he's gonna have more in Houston. So he he went 301 minutes uh, per goal or assist at Houston since he moved, and he was 205 per goal or assist at NYCFC. He scored 13 goals in 89 games for for us, 15 assists over that time. He has only two goals um, for Houston so far in 31 appearances. So he's not doing quite as well. Um, but he also, I, I wonder what position he's being played in, if he's being asked to, to do more defensive work, potentially. Um, but yeah, Houston's also just not, not a great team. All right, I should have a few more here. Um, Kyrie Shelton. This one surprised me as well. Okay, so Kyrie got traded to, um, to like, Sporting Kansas City. Correct. But then... But then after that, but he didn't stick around there, and he and he went he went somewhere strange. After that, like he went he went somewhere in Europe or something. After that, like maybe, oh, I I, I don't I don't think it was it was in England. Um, I'm gonna guess he's playing in like the Dutch second division. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, great, great guess. Good logic. I didn't. You've stayed up on these players much more than I have. I had no clue about some of these. I thought he was still at Kansas City. Um, he's playing in the Bundesliga for Paderborn. Um, he just went there this wow. season on a free transfer. So the season is young, but do you want to guess how many minutes is he's he going to play there? Do you want to guess how many minutes he's played so far? The season is uh, is one week zero. old, so you know. Uh, zero. He's played thirty seven minutes in one game, but it was in the DF, DFB Pokal, which is their their league cup. 
Um, so I don't know. Okay. You know, a substitute appearance in the in the cup for a Bundesliga team. I mean, that's certainly exceeding uh, where I thought he was going to be based on his transfer to Sporting Kansas City. And you know, the fact that Yeah, he- I guess I guess flame out. You can flame out of MLS and then uh go play in the Bundesliga. Apparently. Um he'll be the next uh Christian Pulisic. All right, another a player in the same vein, uh a promising young talent that that uh maybe didn't improve quickly enough when at NYCFC. Uh Lewis, where do you think Jonathan Lewis is? Oh, John Lewis. Um, so John Lewis also went to SKC and he is, I think he's like starting and getting good time there. Um, he's actually, scored against he's us. actually at Colorado. Um, oh, Colorado. But otherwise, yes, he's, oh, yeah, he's playing a lot. Um, so Joe, John Lewis had three goals in 900, almost 900 minutes at NYCFC. Which is crazy that he only got that much playing time. Ten games total of playing time? That, that's outrageous. Uh, I, I think he should have been played more last year. Um, and at, the, at Colorado Rapids, he has three goals in 646 minutes. Joe, question for John Lewis. What do you think his transfer market value is? Like, like on the website, transfer market? Correct. Well, I actually have Kyrie Shelton's page open right right now, so I could cheat. Um, that's like that's like the value to buy him, right? Correct. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, one million dollars. I was going to say more or less than a million dollars. That's my over under. Um, less nine nine hundred twelve thousand. You're right. Um, all right, I'm just going to go through the other ones and kind of summarize what they're up to. And hey, that was pretty good. That was very good. I mean, good. I guessed a million, and then I guessed under. Yeah. That was pretty good. Very good. Um, Rodney Wallace is at Sporting Kansas City. He's had three appearances and no goals or assists, and I think he's injured right now. So, boy, that injury that he sustained when he was an NYCFC player really ruined his career, it appears. I mean, he never came back from that uh, that injury, which I think he – he got that injury on international duty. I could be wrong about that. Um, yeah, I mean, this could be his last league as a his last season yeah. as a pro, right? Yeah, he's got to be thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven. Oh, you like think that. he's that old? No, I don't think he's that old. Uh, why don't you look that up while I keep going here? Frederic Briand sure. is a defender at NYCFC. Um, he's th- okay, he's thirty one. You're right. Yeah, thirty one. But okay. but he's an attacking. Oh, Briand. You know, Briand. Uh, Briant is playing at DC United. He he's like one of their main center backs. Yep. Okay. Does he have more appearances for NYCFC or DC? Uh ooh. Uh, NYCFC because because we had a lot of injuries. Um. So he played a lot for us. That is correct by one game. He has fifty nine appearances for NYCFC, fifty eight for DC. So he's that was, that was a while ago, I guess. And the last one I have is Joinga Burgett who was sold back to Malmo FC. Um, we bought him for $1.6 million. Um, what do you think the transfer fee was to sell him back? Oh, my God. We definitely got hosed on that transfer. We paid $1.6 million yeah. for Burgett? Yeah. And then he was basically injured half the season and then scored, like, four goals or something. Um 
I think the feedback was 500k. 1.14 million, which you know that's pretty de- that's decent. So the front office deal. Was, maybe there was like a buyback right. Maybe there was oh, a right to put him back maybe. for a certain amount. That that that's possible. Anyway, that that's all I had. Um, I hope that w- that was uh, exciting for the listeners. Um, but I don't know some of these. I think Jack Harrison is probably the most interesting player to follow. Um, although I will say that it's interesting following Frank Lampard, you know, he's had quite a rise after leaving NYCFC as a player, retiring as a player and managing Derby County, um, who lost in the playoff, uh, the playoffs last year. Um, and now ending up as manager of Chelsea. I, I got to say he alone is making, he and Pulisic, I should say, are making Chelsea a lot more likable, uh, this year than previously. Um, so it's, sure. it's kind of well, Charlie. Our academy, our academy, kind of—it's only been around for a few years, so we haven't had a chance to see that many players come up who are actually skilled enough True. to then go out and play in better leagues. Like I think, I think we have three prospects right now who are at the level of or above Harrison in um, Sands, uh, Justin Hack, who's a midfielder, and um, and Gio Reyna. Claudio Reyna's son. Uh, yeah. Actually, Gio Reyna might end up might end up being the best of them all. I think he, I think he was just signed um, by a Bundesliga team hmm. to like their their youth squad or something. Yeah, Dortmund. He he's he's playing for Dortmund now. So it seems like Reyna might become the first NYCFC product to to play in you know one of the top four leagues with any regularity. That would be cool. Um, all right, I think I think that's pretty much it. We we somehow managed to to have a, a very full podcast here. Um, I just want to say I'm excited to continue watching Mackay Stevens uh, play. He's been coming on as a sub, and I think he got like, one or two starts, but he's been impressive and kind of was not on my radar. So I've been enjoying watching him. He's kind of skillful and and quick thinking, uh, attacking midfielder. Uh, or winger, I guess. Um, so I'm excited to continue watching him. But uh, I think that's it for us. Uh, this is Charlie for Joe saying Forza NYCFC.